And welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. Continuation of our main campaign, Fate Split. We are currently waiting on one of our members to be able to join us as... Well, a goblin got out of hand. And we are waiting for that goblin to settle down. How's everyone doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Ready to get some action in. The little goblins. Yes, the little goblins. Is your home infested in them? Uh, well, if you consider two an infestation, then yes. It's the beginning I feel one. like anything other than one. <clears throat> Might want to include the cats in the bed. Um, cats are furry goblins. Well, I'm going to include pets. If I include the, the if I include the cats, that bumps me up to five, and then if I include pets in general, that bumps me to six, and if I include myself, I'm I'm worth at least four goblins. Yes. Are no. you four stacked on top of each other? Oh, there's wearing a, a trench coat. Yes. All right, Zeph, you're right. The uh, the cats have to be considered goblins as well because they're causing problems while we're trying to fix another goblin. I can hear Grave cursing them out in the background. Fucking assholes. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Hi, Grave. Welcome back. Ah, I have the count, the cat encounter on my on my soundboard. I'm playing it. Okay. Whenever you're ready, Zandy. I already played it. It never came through. Yeah, it didn't come through Discord. came through for the stream. You're welcome. Not for Discord. <laughs> Great, so I could have talked over it and never known. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. It's like fucking eight seconds. If you're only fucking for eight seconds, <laughs> you may want to work I've been a hell that. of a dry spell, man. Shut up. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry, bro, but... Me. Uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a quick. desert in Zandy's bedroom. Zandy, how's uh, how's Viking coming through for you? Quiet as fuck. Mm. He bumped his name mic, at some point. Am I still quiet? Now you're fine. Yep, <clears throat> you're good. Maybe I just had to angle the way. No, you're still quiet. Is this any better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. I turned it up a fair amount. Yeah, you're better now. Okay. Which is weird, because like during the audio test, totally fine. Huh. Yeah, I didn't touch it since, so. Maybe while John Good was getting lost. Got it out of the way. Maybe while Johnimus was getting lost in your beard, he hit your uh, your game control. Could be. I don't know why, but okay. seeing your chin under your beard just made me very uncomfortable. It's like there is flesh under there. That's that's off-putting. Anyway, are we ready to jump into this? Love the mug, I am. Grave. Yes, I stole your mug. 
No, I'm so proud of you. Which mug is it? Uh, I believe it's the could have been worse mug. Nice. Yeah, I love that worst. mug. Yeah, that's a that's good the one. second best mug you own. True. <laughs> Very true. And I also got this too. Oh, I got. This, I got through. the I got the same thing, Grave. Yeah, no. This is sixty-four ounces of vodka. This goes against policy. So I bought a new travel mug today. Not that this has anything to do with the show, but I bought a new travel mug today, and it's actually kind of interesting because it has a standard, a standard mouthpiece, locking ceiling mouthpiece, and then it also has a straw option. It can do both. Wow, I hate it. Oh, and it also has a rubber bottom. So, like, I can quietly place it on the desk and no one would know. See, the best part is, is right before you you said I can quietly place it on the desk, you slammed it so hard on the desk that I was pretty sure that I felt it. You might have felt it. Yeah, it it was quite loud. (laughs) I I can very gently place things down. I can. Whether or not I will is another question entirely. I also just bounced everything on my desk doing that. Good job. Are yeah. we ready for this? Yes. I thought you, you guys know. already started. Or did you start without me? We started the stream. Not the game. We mm-hmm. kind of need players. Or the game. <laughs> but I would have caught up. I've done it before in the past. Anyway. Not where we are. <laughs> Welcome back to Fate Split. Last episode, some shit happened. Zero, take it away. Last time on Fate's Split. The party began their journey south of Sheridan, through the woods, over the river and through the woods, to the, north, to the fishing village we go. As they try to make their way back to the fishing village they had encountered on the southern shore of the Glacius Lake, so that they might be able to acquire a boat to get to the lone tower in the middle of the lake, the target of their current venture to find any level of insight they can on a theorized seventh titan, which may be losing its grip on reality. During their travels through the forest, Shatton started acting strange in what the party assumes is an affliction caused by a curse. As these afflictions began to rear their heads at night, the party had to deliberate whether or not to turn back to Northam to seek some kind of aid or press forward, realizing that time may not be on their side. The party decided to continue on this travel and weather the storm that is Shatton's curse, deciding that they may have to deal with this at another time. During their travels, they stumbled upon a strange feeding frenzy, giant frogs leaping up and down, consuming large quantities of insects with swarms of crows filling the trees around it. The party realizing that they would be unable to continue if they didn't power their way through, engaged in combat with these wild animals. But upon clearing out the crows, 
silence fell over the forest, which was almost immediately interrupted by the screams of men halted suddenly, and then the stomping and thudding of large feet, whatever, that sounded like iron on stone. As the party rushed forward to investigate whatever this may have been, they turned the corner along the path to find a pair of very large bull-like creatures coated in what appears to be iron hide stomping down on what seemed to be the crumpled statues of a handful of men, pools of blood soaking the ground around them. This is where we are going to pick up our current session. As you all stare forward at these massive beasts puffing and growling as they bare their teeth into the statue remnants, crunching the stone between their teeth, the creatures look up at you and bellow, the trees around them shaking at the sheer volume and power of these roars. And I need all of you to roll initiative. All right, everybody ready? Yep. Damn it, Shatten. All right, <clears throat> let's get this party started. 30 to 25. 26. 25 to 20. 20. 20 to 15. 19. 18. 15. 15 to 10. Sorry, 13. 10 to 5. Kata got a 7. Perfect. So we begin the combat. Shatten, you're up first. Having been the typical scout of the party, you rushed into this area. You were the first to see these creatures. However, your party mates are very close at your heels. What would you like to do? Uh. Hmm. Going to... Has the rest of the party seen them as well, or is it just me that's seen it? Party is close at your heels. Everybody has seen them at this point. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and use a jump into the uh, foliage, into the bushes, use a bonus action hide before, I, before I'm noticed by the other creatures. Okay, go ahead and roll stealth. I mean, you were noticed when that you turned the corner, but this hide check is for when you jump into the foliage. So that'll be 24. Okay. And then <clears throat> I'm going to move one, two, three, 15 feet through. And I believe that should put me within range of my throwing. Okay. And I'm going to use a sharpshooter to throw my one of my, my psychic dagger at it. Okay. So, 
I get advantage for being in high uh, for being hidden, correct? Uh, at the moment, yes. Seventeen to hit. Seventeen does not hit. Oh shit! Okay, uh, that was my bonus action, action, my movement, and so yeah, so uh, done with my movement. Okay, that's done with my turn. I mean. All right. Moving us on to Crystal. Um, I'm going to take wrong button. A couple steps forward. And I am going to use heat metal on this bowl. Very interesting choice. Go ahead and roll damage. going to cast it on a fourth level. Okay. Uh, just keep in mind to announce that before doing so. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Alright, so go ahead and roll damage. And you're doing that on the southernmost one? Yes. Alright. Uh, 13 damage. Okay. Anything else for your turn? No. All right. The uh, creature lets out a very loud bellow as you see its metallic flesh begin to glow red hot and you see steam begin to rise from its body. Can't exactly take off this armor, can it? Next up is Moss. Okie dokie. Moss is going to move and... Thirty feet to here, and throw Glacius Tooth at him. Okay, go ahead and roll an attack. Uh, twenty-one to hit. Twenty-one to hit. Can roll damage. And again, that's the southern one. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so that's going to be 10 piercing and 11 cold. All right. Anything else for your turn? Uh, I will recall it back to me, and that'll be my turn. All right. Taking us to Gurn. Uh, Gurn is going to bonus action rage. All right. And then okay, doing so... We, can we get a roar? <laughs> your, your noise cancellation cut it off. Anyway. No! Um, in doing so, activate instinctive pounce. Uh, I can move half of my speed. Okay. That is going to be 20. 
Each one's five, yeah? Yes. Twenty to here. And then... I'm going to move another... Ten to here. Okay. Gurn is going to fire a javelin at the southern one as well. All right, go ahead and roll the attack. And that is a 19 to hit. 19 just hits. That is going to be seven damage. All right. Oh, actually, plus the two from the rage modifier, nine damage. All right. Sorry. Yep. Is there any way that I could hold Gurn's extra attack? In what way? If these creatures come close to me. Like he's holding his extra attack ready with a stick. That would require you to be wielding two weapons, one of which is a two-handed weapon. Okay. Action economy wouldn't necessarily allow for that. and Typically, you can't hold an extra attack because it's part of your main action. Fair. Uh, Then... Gurn is just going to take stick out and end his turn. All right. Bring us the vice. Okay. Four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. Action dash 3540, 4550. Bonus action Titanborn form. End turn. So, Vice from the back line sprints forward, and Crystal, just about as he's passing you, you notice that his skin um, begins going into that transparent, almost water like state where. you can see almost completely through him unobstructed with the exception of uh, his skeleton which appears to be made of ice or other sky blue crystal and I end my turn beautiful Celine. I'm just going to cast Moonbeam to start on wrong, wrong button this one Okay, is that within range for Moonbeam? Uh, it's 120 feet, and it's only 70 feet. Well, look so. at you go. All right, so what is that, a constitution save on his part? Uh, yes, that's a constitution saving throw. Uh, rolled an 18. It passes. All right, so I believe it still takes half damage. Mm. Yeah. All right. 
So I got... I can't tell what number that is. Oh, that's a three. Um, I got five. Five? Yeah, okay. so I rolled a 20 and a 30. Alright. A two and a three, rather. Alright. So, five points of damage reduced in half to two. Anything else for your turn? Um, I'm going to... Um... Transform back into my beast of nature. Okay, you use your bonus action to, uh... Wild shape. Man. And then I will move like 30 feet. And I'll All be right. the end of my turn. Beautiful. Bring us to Kata. Okie dokie. <clears throat> Are these uh, trees difficult terrain for her? For her, where she's standing right now, no. But if she were to continue forward, yes. Okay. Five. Twenty. Five. Thirty. Forty. Fifty. So she'll move to there. Double check. Yeah. And uh, she's going to hold her action in case one of these things gets close enough for her to bite it and hit it with her tail. All right. That'll All right. be Kata's turn for now. All right. Bringing us to the bull-like creatures. Uh, at the start of the turn, Crystal, I believe the one that you have heat metal on is going to take damage? Um, yeah. Or is it the start the one of that... your... Is the start uh, of its this... turn or your turn? My turn, but it, uh, it takes disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until my turn. Interesting. So it's not going to take the damage until the start of your turn. but it has. That's how it sounds. Well, th what does it say? It's not how it sounds, it's what it says. Yeah. Um. So, heat metal. Any creature it's in a... physical contact with the object takes 2d8 fire damage when you cast the spell until the spell ends. Until the spell ends, you can use a bonus action on each of your subsequent turns to cause this damage again. Okay, so you have to choose to cause the damage again. If a creature is holding a worm, blah, 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 it can't do that because this is its hide. If it doesn't drop the object, just disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks at the, until the start of your next turn. All right, and that's if you choose to do the damage. So right now you've dealt the damage. That one's going to have disadvantage on its attacks. All right, so the first one, uh, which would be the one to the west, is absolutely going to charge at Kada, being a creature of nearly equivalent size and a decent uh, target. At least 20 feet, straight line. All right, so yeah, it's going to charge at Kata, which will trigger uh, her attack of opportunity. That one has Moonbeam on it. 
Okay. Go ahead and roll. Uh, okay, con save from that one is a 16. Passes. Okay, still roll the damage. I know. And I believe Kata has a held action for if one of these things charges at it. Yep. Go ahead and roll the attack. I always forget, what's the double zero again? You shouldn't be rolling anything with two digits on it. It's a 2d10, isn't it? It's 2d10, but what you're rolling is a percentile die. Uh, so that's a 16 for her uh, bite. 16 does not hit. Unfortunately, as try as Kata may, she cannot seem to pierce the hide. I got a fucking six, so that's three. Okay, so three points of damage from the moonbeam. Uh, the creature rolled a 25 to hit on Kata. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dealing 17 points of piercing damage, and she needs to make a strength saving throw. Okay. Dirty 20. All right. She, as low as she sits, she manages to maintain her footing and not be knocked prone. The second one. Da, 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 seeing a lineup of very strange creatures is going to step, going to step forward just a bit and use its petrifying breath weapon. 30 foot cone. Measure this out real quick. Alright, so I need Gurn, Vice, Moss, and Celine to all roll Constitution saving throws. Twenty-five. Okay. Ooh. Uh, crit. So I got a twenty-two. Okay. I also crit, and I got a twenty-four. Okay. I got. What's wrong? Uh, nineteen. All right. So as this creature steps forward, it takes a large inhale and then just forces out this green mist that envelopes all of you. But as it approaches, each of you takes a sharp inhale and holds your breath. You feel the burn of this chemical across your skin, but you do not let it enter your bodies. Vice, as it hits you, it almost seems to soak into the watery surface of your skin, and you can feel your own skin forcing the chemical out. And none of you feel an ill effect from this. Bring us to the top of the turn order with Shatten. Okay. Uh, she is going to bonus action dash to move to here. 30 feet there. Okay. And then she's going to do her movement to right behind it. All right. 
She's going to pull out a rapier. She's going to stab at it. All right. Gun roll to attack with advantage. And that is going to be a 22. 22 is a hit. I think we all forgot you had a rapier. Don't normally get close enough to use it. So that is a D8 plus my sneak attack. That is 14. Uh, 22 points of piercing damage. All right, 22 is pretty good. What? Where did my... Oh, got the wrong tool up. 22? Yep. All right. Anything else for your turn? Uh... No, I think... That should cover it for her turn. All right, bringing us to initiative roll 20. Before we get to your turn, Crystal, all of you begin to hear the scampering of a great many feet rushing in your direction from the woods. Crystal, it is now your turn. Um, I'm going to stay in place and continue my concentration to uh, cause more damage with heat metal. Okay, go ahead and roll to grow it there. Go ahead and roll the damage. Uh, 16 damage. Okay. Anything else for your turn? That'll be it. Oh. Keeping it light this time. All right, bringing us to Moss. Okay. For my bonus action, that too, I'm going to activate my aura of longevity. So anybody within 10 feet of me gets 15 temporary hit points. Okay. So as Moss glances down at the brand on his arm, you see a slight aura um. glow from his body. Yes. Damn, I'm not in the turn order. I don't see my character anywhere in the turn order. I, get, I don't know if it's... Oh, I'll it's at the bottom. It. Okay, that's uh, why. I have fixed it now. Okay. Sorry, I just I didn't see it. So, so as most focuses on his brand, you see a slight aura glow out from him. Uh, what is the radius on that? 10 feet. All right. So Vice, Celine, and Gurn, you all gain 15 temporary hit points. Thank you, Moss. Oh, you're welcome. Is Kato within 10 feet? Uh, yeah, Kato would technically be within 10 feet so yeah she would get in the benefit as well okay cool alright and then Moss is going to move not with that tool he's not 5 
15 feet to here. And he's going to try and take a bite out of him. Okay, go ahead and roll the attack. Uh, 23 to hit. 23 is a hit. Go ahead and roll damage, and Crystal, if you could roll a d6 for me. Okay. One. Okay. And... Spicy. That's gonna be... Seven points of damage. All right, and you take yeah. one point of fire damage as you bite into the near molten hide of this creature. Thought that might happen, but I'm gonna do it again anyway. Okay. Uh, Crystal, that's roll your one D6. better than that one, and two. just two. You know, just for funsies, we're going to throw in a Divine Smite in there, too. Go for it. Uh, that's going to be 20 in total. All right. This creature is not looking well. Okay. And, yep, that's going to be... It for my turn as I bite into the spicy boy. All right, Gurn, you're up. How uh, big is this log to the side of Gurn? Uh, to the side of Gurn, approximately five feet across. And uh, tall. What would that be about 20 feet long? Like, it how high up is it? It is to scale. So if it takes up nearly a five-foot hex, it is five feet in diameter. Gurn's here. Gurn is going to climb onto this log here. And he is going to sprint one, two, three to the end here. And he is going to jump off into a somersault with stick and attempt to crack this fucking spine on this metal bowl. Beautiful. Roll to attack and roll an athletics check. That is a 27 to hit. 27 hits. And a 23 for athletics. Okay, go ahead and roll damage. It's 2d6 plus 5 for a 17 plus 2, 19 damage. on sticks somersault blow to the back of this beast so as you swing down on this creature the impact 
resonates throughout its metallic body. Moss, as you glance down, uh, upon this impact, you, you back up a little bit to not get caught in it. You glance down at the ground. The soil beneath the beast, for just a moment, appears to shift to sand. And the creature sinks a foot down into the earth. And is currently technically prone. And Gurn is then I assume he lands well. Very well. He is going to run along the side here and pull his extra attack and smash this thing in the face. Okay, the creature is prone. Go ahead and roll at advantage. I just crit. Amazing. Please roll damage. That is 14 and then plus a full six, right? From the crit. It's. Or do I roll? You roll your dice twice and add it all together. And then I believe you have another feature that allows you to add an extra die on top of that because you're a barbarian. So I am at 23 points of damage there. So as you run across this tree, jump up into a full somersault and slam stick down into the spine where the shoulder blades, between the shoulder blades and the head of this creature, you crack down on it. The earth beneath it shifts to sand for a moment, driving the creature down into the ground. As you rebound and land, you run around to the other side of its head and full swing stick into the side of its face. The sheer impact of this strike tears the lower jaw off of this creature and it collapses to the ground. (laughs) Gurn's going to look over at the other bull. You next. Anything else for your turn? That'll be the end of Gurn's turn. Bringing us to Vice. DM, I lied to you. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do something that's actually a little cooler. Go for it. Um, Vice is going to run directly at Moss and try to shove you back five feet while he runs through you. Okay. So I imagine that moving Moss is probably going to use up the rest of my movement, even to move five feet. So Moss, if you want to move a a space backwards, so I can occupy the space you're currently in. Yep. Um, In doing so, he's going to take his hand and flick it, and a small drop of water is going to form in the air, and he's going to cast Wall of Water. 
or basically cutting the beast in half from the neck back. So he's casting Wall of Water centered on the beast's neck to where one half of the wall would be his face and the back half of the wall is the beast's body. Okay. How wide is the wall? Uh, he's making the wall about 15 feet wide and 10 feet tall and a foot thick. And then I'm going to do the part that I DM'd you about. And he's going to grab onto the wall and try to focus his energy to freeze it solid with the beast's neck in the wall, trying to trap it in place with 8,500 pounds of ice. Roll an arcana check. Uh, that would be a 16. Okay. So as this wall of water fires upward, and I imagine you've shaped it as such to avoid Shatten and Kata. I'm doing it perfectly in line with the beast's head, which should be pointed directly at Kata. So I'm basically separating its head from air. I'm trying to, like, basically put it in what would be, uh, um... Fucking help me out here. Gallows. No, no, gallows are for Guilty. hanging. Yeah, but I'm just trying to keep its head in place and its stocks. body in place. Thank you, stock. Yeah, stocks. That's what I meant. Okay. So the 16, this does work. And the creature is currently restrained and screaming its head off in loud deep roars. You see its hooves slamming into the ground as it's trying to pull itself free from this. Does Wall so of Water ice. inflict damage or is it strictly... No. Okay. No, so. it doesn't. Um, if it wasn't frozen solid, it'd be considered difficult terrain, but I feel like it's very difficult terrain right now. Right, so right now the creature is restrained... Impassive. The creature is restrained by your apparent wall of ice. Um, Vice is like just holding on to this block of ice and he'll shout to the party. I can only do this for so long. And end turn. All right. Celine, you're up. Your moonbeam continues to shine from behind the party. I was actually going to ask about that. Does Moonbeam only work when they're moving, like, from spot from space to space, or is it just, like, when they're moving in general? So Moonbeam kind of moon itself only moves when you instruct it to. So if the creature moves out of the space of the Moonbeam, it will no longer be affected by it. Okay. However, it is a concentration spell, which you can maintain in your wild shape, and yeah. I believe as a bonus action or an action you can move the moonbeam and make it cause damage again I, I don't know okay. I don't remember if it's an action or a bonus action to do that it's a bonus action to move it action to cast it okay so you so can use your bonus action to move it back onto the creature I'm gonna move it back on this under the creature okay that's my bonus action if I could select the damn thing and then 
and see. All right, uh, constitution saving throw from the creature. Oh, okay, it rolled a 12. That, that's a fail. Go ahead and roll damage for your moonbeam. That is six points. Okay. Ah, that's the wrong button. No. Creature does not have 810 hit points. <laughs> Jeez. That's a lot. Yes, this is a uh, this is the bull god. <laughs> what is the name of the bull god? Taurus. <laughs> Kinda unoriginal. Yeah. I'm not an original man. Anyway, you still have movement and an action. Um, so let's see. So I'm gonna move right next to Kata. That puts me at 20 feet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. No, I did not do that right. Um, oh. Scripture being big does not help us right now. <laughs> I'm trying to get within 10 feet of the creature of my movement that, speed that's not too hard where were you originally I was like right here and what is your movement speed 40 feet and I'm 35 from the creature you could effectively work your way around Kada. Okay. And if you wanted to get within 10 feet, you could go from right behind her. You are allowed to move through ally spaces. Okay, it's just like, yes. I, I can't tell because my creature's so big that I can't see the hexes very well. So. Um. Okay, so. I am going to do a. I'm going to attack with my tail. Okay. I know I gotta roll an attack first, though. Go ahead and roll to attack at advantage. Because the creature is restrained. Uh, I got a crit. What the hell? <laughs> Go ahead and roll your damage. <laughs> Alright, I need... That is uh, 10 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. Anything else for your turn? Um, no, that's it. All right. Taking us to Kada. Okay. <clears throat> does she have advantage as well? She does. The creature is restrained. 
Okay, so for the bite. And she's literally staring this thing in the face. Like, all she can see in front of this wall of ice is this creature's head trying to free itself from the ice, and it just can't. Well, the bite is a dirty 20. That's a hit. And then the tail, the first roll was a critical failure. The second roll was a 19 plus 5, so 24. All right, second roll hits. And the first roll hits. Please roll damage on all of the above. Uh, 17 in total. How many hits does she get with the tail? Just one. Alright, and how much damage was it? 17 in total. Alright. Anything else for Kata's turn? Uh, nope. That'll do it for Kata. Alright, bringing us to the creature. It's going to expend its action to try to break free of the ice. Wow! So that Arcano check I had you roll effectively set the escape DC for this restraint. So the escape DC was a 16. It rolled a 13. With a plus 5 to strength, this creature cannot break free of this wall of ice. And that will expend its entire turn, bringing us to the top of the round with Shatten. Shatten is, uh, with this thing uh, uh, stuck in place, she's just going to get like, a cocky little smirk, wave the rapier around, and just stick it where the sun don't shine on this thing. Go ahead and roll the attack with advantage. And... Wow. Okay, that is a 17. 17 does not hit. <laughs> So even though you try to shove your rapier where the, sh the sun don't shine, this creature is flailing so much, you can't seem to get a good stick. And oh, your, rapier, your rapier glances off the hindquarters. Anything else for your turn? Oh! Nope, no, I think that's going to end it. All right. Bringing us back to initiative roll 20. During this chaos, the great many feet that you all had heard scampering through the forest come to the forest's edge. You see strange bird-like creatures running up through the woods and beginning to surround this area drawn by the sounds of the bellows of the large bulls. Crystal, it is now your turn. I am going to take some movement up to here, and I'm going to cast Firebolt on that one. On the furthest one out? Go ahead and roll to attack. Uh, that is 12 damage. 
<clears throat> roll to attack. Oh, yeah, roll to attack. One! <laughs> A natural one. Yep. So as you shoot your fireball out with echoes of vice mocking you for being mocking you when you tried to show off how far you could shoot a firebolt you fire it forward it whizzes past the bird-like creature's head and into the forest and you hear the faint sound of crackling wood anything else for your turn uh that'll be it all right taking us to moss moss you have the higher dex modifier so i Changed. I, I adjusted your initiative accordingly. I was going to ask why there's a point one. <laughs> because both Moss and the bird creatures have an initiative 19, but Moss's dex mod is higher, so he gets to go before them. Because I can't bump him up to a 20, because that's where fucking Crystal is. Alright, so anybody within 10 feet gets 15 more temporary hit points. It resets to 15. Yeah, resets to 15. So if you have, if you've lost any, and so then that would be Vice, Gurn, Kata, and Shatten technically would be on the outer edge. I'm it. Yeah. I will bite this backside behind the wall of ice twice. Okay. Bite the acid advantage. Right, so that's going to be a 22 for the first bite. That's a hit. <clears throat> that's a hit. And a crit for the second. Perfect. Um, go ahead and roll that insane damage. Celine, if you could quickly roll damage on your moonbeam as the creature, I forgot, had started its turn with the moonbeam on top of it. Uh, its con save was a success. So go ahead and roll damage and roll. Knock that off as Moss. Moss, are you, are, are you putting a Divine Smite into that crit? How bad is this thing looking? Um. Well, it's currently restrained, thrashing around. The iron hide on it appears to have a fair amount of damage, but it looks like it's going. It's still going pretty strong. It's, yeah, it doesn't gonna... qualify as bloodied yet. We're, we're gonna throw a divine smite on that one. Okay. That was a ten and a one. So eleven points of moonbeam damage yeah. cut in half is five for the success. Okay. And you're attacking on divine smite onto the crit. Yep. And this is why paladins are dangerous. Forty-three points of damage. 43 for the first bite and the second bite with the smite okay this creature the thrashing slows but does not stop there's an occasional stamp from the hooves but it has that was a hell of a chunk In that case, I'm going to try and bash it with my shield. Go ahead and roll the attack. That's my bonus action. 
I don't add anything on to that, right? Uh, is your bonus? Yeah, I'm not perfect. You have shield master, don't you? I do have shield master. Then you That's have proficiency with shields. Yep. So yeah, that'd be a twenty then. Twenty's a hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, add ten slashing. Please describe for us how this combo of attacks kills this giant iron bull. Nice. Okay. So muscle. First, just bite into it, rear back, and then bite into it again, and you'll see that green fog go out of his nose and into the wound. And as it's sinking in, he's just going to bash the creature in the, right at its hindquarters with the uh, shield, and then it just starts not moving. So after the series of attacks and the fog seeping into the wounds of the creature... You see this the creature begin to seize up and slow to a halt. The body begins to slump, but remains hanging as the neck is still contained within the wall of ice. You begin to hear the wall of ice crack as that amount of weight is being applied in one direction. Anything else for your turn? Nope, that'll do it. Okay. Remove that. Okay. All right. Uh, damn turn order thing is in my way. All right. So as these creatures, these large creatures, fall limp, the bird-like creatures that have come out from the forest begin rushing in towards all of you. Some of them. Some of them do take flight, flying upwards to try to get in on you. But some of them happen to run across the many vines that lay across the ground. And as they do, you notice that the vines themselves begin to shift and move. Alright, so the only ones that are actually within range of anything. First one's going to attack you, Selene, with its beak. With a whole nine to hit. Nope. Okay, and then the second one's going to go after Shatten with a 15 to hit. Nope. All right, neither of them are able to pierce your hides. It's going to end their turn. Gurn, you are up. Is the bird closest to me flying? Uh, no, that one actually ran across the vines. It's currently trying to climb up the side of that uh, log. Gurn is going to set stick on the ground and pull his glaive out. And he is going to step forward just to the edge of the log here and reach weapon this fucking thing in the throat. Okay. Normally you would be at disadvantage for being this close to this creature, but because of the log there, this will make sense. Go ahead and roll to attack. Uh, 
That is a 14 to hit. Uh, 14 is a hit. Six plus five plus two is 13. 13 points of damage. All right. Anything else for your turn? And I'm going to... As Gurn swings across the top of the log and connects with them and follows through, he's going to flip the glaive over and swing back across the top. Okay. Coming in with his second attack. Roll to attack. 11 plus 8, 19 to hit. 19's a hit. And six, five, and two for another 13 damage. Very nice. You hear this creature scream out in a loud, mutated caw. But you can still hear it moving from behind the log. Anything else for your Garden turn? will bonus action dash and step back. To where he was, where Stick is. Okay, based on positioning, that creature will not be able to get an attack of opportunity against you. Bringing us to the strange moving vines as they spread outward, attempting to move forward, encroaching in on this pathway. They move very, very slowly. However, seeing a fair meal here... One of them is going to reach out against one of the birds. Wow, it actually hits it. Okay. Preacher is now restrained. Dealing seven points of damage against the bird. However, the other two are going to try to reach out and attack you, Shatten, as they have a 10-foot reach. One of them rolls a 23. That connects. And the other rolls a 19. That also connects. All right, you are currently restrained and take... Eighteen points of bludgeoning damage. You are currently grappled and restrained. That is going to end their turn, taking us to Vice. Okay. Um. So this is fun. Uh, Vice is going to let go of the wall of ice. Okay. And using wonderful flavoring. He's going to allow it to instantly melt upon release and use the ice wall that is melting to cast Tidal Wave that is up to 30 feet long, 10 feet wide, and 10 feet tall across this line here, pushing in this direction. So it's going to be basically hit 
is... Uh, whoops. That's not what I wanted. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm bad. I'm bad. Basically this area. So he's going to take the water from that and smash or take it to the sky and then smash it downwards and out across uh, those five enemies there. That's absolutely gorgeous. What do I need to do? Um, I need you to make me several dexterity saving throws, please. Okay, the fur, the topmost bird creature caught in this automatically fails as it is restrained. <laughs> the vines we have, you said deck saves? Yes, please. One's a dirty 20. We'll start from top to bottom. Dirty 20, 14, 15. And then the final bird on the far left rolls a 13. Okay, so... Your bottom one fails. So the uh, two of your your top two succeed. Um, everyone else is knocked prone. Okay. And a 11 points of bludgeoning damage. And then the two that succeed uh, take five points of bludgeoning damage. God, I love this kit. Unfortunately, that burnt a fourth level spell slot to do it, but it was cool. It also didn't deal any extra damage with a higher spell slot, but it was cool. Prone. All right. What happens to Shatten? I'm getting there. I'm cleaning up the field so we can actually see. I wanted to hit Shatten with that, too. I really did. I know you did. Both of them are going to make strength saving throws. One of them releases you. The other manages to hold on. You are still restrained. Set it for your turn, Vice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Taking us to Celine. Uh, is my Moonbeam still active? Your Moonbeam is still active. You have not taken damage. Alright, I'm gonna move it to this one right here. <clears throat> Directly on top of it? Yes. Interesting. Go ahead, go ahead and roll your damage. It's a con save, right? Yes. Fail. Success. What is your uh, DC? Fourteen. Okay. Your damage? What did you roll? Just tell me what your damage is. Eleven. Okay, so as your moonbeam drags from the carcass of the ox all the way over to that further vine-like creature, it scorches through the earth as it travels, catching the bird-like creature in its wake, 
completely obliterating it. However, the vine-like creatures that it passes through and eventually land on appear to withstand the damage a bit as they both succeeded on their checks. So they will each take five points of damage. But yeah, the bird failed and does not have the hit points to withstand that. Okay. So that was my bonus action. So with my... I'm going to do a multi-attack on this bird right here that tried to attack me. Okay. Go ahead and roll to attack. Leading with bite or claws. I'm going to do claw first. Okay. Well, that didn't hit. That was a, wait, that was four. You can't roll that. You have a plus six on all of your attacks. Oh, that's right. I always forget about that. Hold on. So that's a ten. Ten does not hit. And then my second one. That's better. That is a dirty 20. Dirty 20 definitely hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Okay. This that one hits. And that was also... That was my bite for the second one. Yep. Because it was... Okay. one. Nature. So as you swing forward with your claws, this thing definitely dodges them, but not in time to avoid your teeth. So that's going to be 13 points of piercing damage. Beautiful. Anything else for your turn? Be... No. That's the end yeah. of my turn. Taking us to Kata. Currently shoulder to shoulder with Celine. Okay. Kata is going to move there. And start trying to snack on a bird. Okay. Uh, 21 for the bite. That's a hit. And 21 for the tail. Also a hit. So the bite is... uh, Nine points of damage. And the tail is... 13 points of damage. Okay. So as Kato lunges forward and takes a bite out of this creature, you all hear an audible hiss of disgust. She spits out the creature, swings her tail forward, and sends the creature flying backwards. You hear it impact with the trunk of a tree, and you hear its bones snap as it lands on the ground. Moss, you hear in your head, These are worse than the crows. Anything else for her turn? Nope, that'll do it for Kata. Alright, top of the turn order. Shatten, you are currently restrained. Uh, She is going to use her action to attempt to break this uh, grapple. Okay, strength. uh, I believe it's uh, athletics or acrobatics to break free. 
Okay. And that is plus eighty. My acrobatics is yeah. So that's gonna be a twenty-five. That is more than enough. You managed to you managed to free yourself from the vines and that has consumed your action. So then I'm gonna bonus action disengage. Okay. I'm gonna do move back next to Moss. And I believe that will uh, end my turn. Okay. Taking us to Crystal. All right. Um, I'm going centered on this spot. Cast Shatter. Oh, boy. It's a radius 10 feet? Yep. 10 foot sphere. Dangerously close to your own face. All right. What do we need? Con save? Yes. All right. Centered on that point. God, I don't even have to roll the save for it. This bird just dies. Had one hit point left. That one just that that one vaporizes. However, the vines. We have a dirty 20, a 12, and a 21. 12 uh 12 is the only one that fails. Okay, go ahead and roll your damage. The other two will take half. Yep. 18. Good golly damn. Okay. So the one that is closest to you seems to be the most rattled by this sudden concussive wave of force. The ones around it or behind it seem to have withstood it a little bit better. And you, as as you cast this, you notice out of the corner of your eye, a plume of feathers just bursts up from behind the log. Mm-hmm. And you hear a light squawk. Anything nice. else for your turn? That'll be it. Alright, taking us to Moss. Okay. So, this fellow right here. He's By some prone, chatting, right? You each get to reset your temporary hit points to 15. Oof. Like, that guy's prone, That right? one is currently prone, yes. And soaked? And soaking wet, yeah. Yeah, I want to try and do something. Okay. I want to hit so, him with Glacius Tooth and freeze okay. the water on him. Okay. Go ahead and roll the attack. Uh, that is going to be a 17 to hit. 17 hits. Uh, 17 points of damage, and 8 of that is cold damage. Mm-hmm. It only has 16 hit points left. Mm-hmm. So as you throw Glacius Tooth forward, this black metal javelin flies forward, piercing through the chest of this bird. And a fraction of a second later, a plume of freezing vapor exudes from the weapon. And what you see is Glacius Tooth in the ground, about five feet behind the creature. And you are now looking at the statue of a mutated rooster 
with a giant hole in its chest and the feathers and viscera that followed along with the weapon are frozen in a perfect cone behind it leading to the weapon. Okay, so seeing that that worked, I'm going to bonus action call that back. Okay. And plants don't like getting frost fro flash frozen, so I'm going to throw it at this one. The bottommost? Yep. Okay. Hmm. We forgot a particular ruling. Ranged attacks against prone enemies have disadvantage. I, I, I roll with disadvantage. Okay. Yeah. And this one's going to be a dirty 20. Dirty 20 still hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Alright, so that's going to be 14. 8 of which is cold. Oh, wait, and then 14. 15, 16, 19 in total, because I forgot to add the 5. And almost as if you are perfecting this art, you see another statue of a perforated plant-like creature with a giant hole at what would be its chest. Okay. And that'll be my turn. Okay. Bringing us to the mutated roosters. How many are even left? Alright. Three. Three. Yeah. Three. Alright, so the first one is going to run straight up to you, Shatten, and attempt to bite at you. For Oh, wow. A six to hit. Nothing. Two, three. That one can get in. That one is also going to attempt an attack on you. For a 14 to hit. Nothing. And this one is actually going to fly up. One, two, three. Landing right here. And attempt the same as you. It looked like a beautiful piece of meat. That, however, is a 17 to hit. Yep. All right. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. As you take three points of piercing damage. Net uh, 20 giving me uh, 22. All right. As this creature bites into you, you feel a strange pulse within your veins. But then at the source of your bite mark scar, you feel a secondary pulse that seems to push the other one back outward. And that is going to end their turn, bringing us to Gurn. That's a lot of costs. Thank you for that. Someone's going to say it. Gurn is going to drop the glaive and grab the pommel of stick. Because when he set stick down, he set it so that it was hammered down. So he drops Glaive at his feet and grabs Stick in the other hand and he's going to step forward here and bring Stick overhead into the earth in front of him 
and he's concentrating on making a crater. He wants to try and make it go forward or something. He, he, he wants to see if he can affect the earth to affect the vines in front of them. So he, he has grabbed stick in a movement and he's going to move forward and slam it into the earth here at this point, but not directly on the vines. Nope, I understand what you're going for here. I need you to roll a d100. <laughs> um, I rolled a 69, bro. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Now I need you to roll a d6. I don't get it. We know you don't. I rolled a five. Okay. So as you drop glaive, pick up stick in one fluid motion, swing it over your head and slam it into the ground in front of you. You watch the earth begin to split and splinter out into cracks within the earth. The vine creature on top of the log is unaffected as the cracks go underneath the log. However, the two that are on the ground fall in and are now knocked prone. Crystal, I need you to make a strength saving throw. As these cracks splinter out in uncontrolled directions, one of them appears directly underneath you. Crystal, you are knocked prone as one of your feet slips into the crevice created by Gurn. With Gurn's extra attack, he is going to, upon making contact with the ground in front of him and noticing these cracks go forward, he is going to spin himself into a 360 and bring stick into a forward momentum and slam it on these vines in front of them. Go ahead and roll the attack. Add advantage because they are prone. Eighteen plus eight for a twenty-six. Nine for twenty-seven. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, 10, 5, 17. So as you swing forward and bring stick down upon the first vine creature in front of you, you feel stick impact with something incredibly hard. And you look down and you notice that stick has not impacted the vine creature, but a spire of stone that seems to have risen from the earth to meet with stick. 
the vine creature in front of you is effectively split in half by this combination of stone and stick hitting each other. And you look up to the vine creature behind it and you notice a similar spire of stone sticking up through its midsection. Anything else for your turn? Gurn is going to bonus action dash and just step back to this position here. Okay. And that will end Gurn's turn. Okay. Bringing us to the vine creatures. These two are not knocked prone. <clears throat> One's going to creep its way over here. This one will creep its way this way. Well, no, that's not a vine creature. Who can't reach anybody? That's enough for that. This one cannot move. It expends its movement to stand up and release itself from the spire of stone, so its movement is nullified. The only ones that can attack, we're going to start with the one that will target Kada. With an eight to hit. Ah, uh, damn! I real quick the. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Roll damage on your moonbeam for the one that was sitting. Just gonna say it fails okay. its con save. Go ahead and roll damage against that one. Okay. Alright, the attack against Kata fails. The only other one is within reach of Gurn and rolls a 16 to hit against Gurn. That's that also is five points of damage. Sorry. How much? Five. Five? Okay, it had failed its save, so it takes the full damage. Alright, and that definitely wasn't hit against you, Garn, which will end the vine creature's turn, bringing us to Vice. Uh, we are running with... Oh, where to go? Scorching Ray on... The two vine creatures to the north, two to the northmost, one to the western front. Okay. Uh, does a 18 hit? 18 hits. Then the 23 on the north probably won't. Nope. And then the one on the west will probably miss with a 10. Uh, 10 does not hit. Go ahead and roll damage on the two that do. And this is a very interesting sight as Vice's watery form sends forward a couple, sends forward three streams of water and in midair they somehow shift into streams of fire. 10 points of fire damage, the one to the north. Okay. Anything else for your turn? And in turn. All right, bringing us to Celine. Um, so I'm going to move my moonbeam, uh, following the vine uh, creature on top of it. Okay, it fails its con save. Go ahead and roll damage on that. 
18. Oh, okay. So as you move your moonbeam over to it, you watch as this creature just evaporates into a silver mist. Alright. Um, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna move it again, if I can. Or I'm not allowed to. You can move it up to, what, 20 feet? 60 um, feet in a straight line. 60 feet in a straight line. So I'm just gonna put it on this one then. That would not be a straight line. No. Oh, okay. Your straight, um, your straight line. You can move it up to sixty feet in this line. Okay, so I'll do that one then. Okay, Shatten, roll a Constitution saving throw. Oh shit. Nope, nope, not shit, Shat. That's it, right, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ten. Okay, Shatten fails, and the evil rooster also fails with a 13. Oh, that's a... So that's seven for Shatten. And then... A ten... For the fine, or ten the, for the for evil cock. Creature. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, shot. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. <clears throat> for the rest of your um, turn. I, yes, I'm getting there. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to move down here between these two guys, the two vine creatures, and I'm going to do a multi-attack uh, against passing, this one. Passing in that direction. If you're oh, that's an, oh, doing that in a straight line, you cannot pass through enemy spaces. Okay. Um, where was I? I was right there. Um... Alright, I will move right here then. And then I'm going to just attack with my tail against this one. Okay, or is that the one that's dead? Go ahead and roll to attack. Okay. She can't pass through the evil rooster spaces to get to the vines. She has to move around them. That is a crit. I give up. You're all using weighted dice. <laughs> Go ahead and roll your damage. <laughs> That's eight points of bludgeoning damage to the evil rooster. Eight points? Yes. Okay. And that will end my turn. Alright, taking us to Kada. I guess Kada's gonna see if 
the plants taste better. Okay. Well, that is a critical failure. Natural one. With the bite. <laughs> yep. Okay, so she manages to bite into one of the logs instead of the vines, having a hard time differentiating between the two plants. And a 21 for the tail. 21's a hit. So as she lunges forward to take a bite, she accidentally bites one of the logs, and in frustration turns and slams her massive tail down, dealing... Uh, 12 points of bludgeoning damage. And as she swings that tail down, she watches little bits of vine fly up into the air. Okay. And then she will move five, 20, 25 feet to here. Three feet to there, I mean. Think. Uh, that's moving through that's enemy spaces. She was here. Yeah. Ish. You cannot move in a straight line through enemy spaces. I just tried to do that same thing. It was still the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm missing where I'm moving through an enemy space. Ste- do it hex by hex oh. and show me the path. I'd love to, but for some reason... here so five then 15 20 25 and then 30 okay and all right anything else for her turn nope as she surrounds herself by a well-balanced meal of meat and veggies Take us to the top of the turn order with Shatten. Okay. She's going to drop the rapier, pull out her psychic dagger, and she's going to try to slice at the uh, the head of the uh, evil rooster. Which one? You're surrounded by three. That one. The one that is currently glowing in moonlight. Mm. That one has Moonbeam on it. Ah, then the bottom one then. Okay. Go ahead and roll to attack. And that is 19 27. 27's a hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Okay. And you do have sneak attack because Kata counts as an ally. Okay. So, that is here, 15, 17, 20 psychic damage. Okay. Anything else for your turn? Yep, for her bonus action, she is going to strike it with her uh, second psychic dagger. All right. And that's going to be 
24. 24 is a hit. And that's just a D4. So that's uh, seven points of psychic damage. Perfect. So as you swing your carrot-shaped ethereal dagger forward, you slash through the neck, leaving absolutely no marks. And just as quickly, you flip your arm and swing back again. And as you make the second swing, your innate psychic ability connects just slightly to this creature. As you feel its synaptic pulses stop and the creature collapses to the ground as you dealt exactly how much damage you needed to kill it. (laughs) Anything else for your turn? Oh. She is going to... Oh, I've already done my bonus action. You know what? I'll risk it. She's going to move to here. All right, that will provoke an attack from that one evil cock for a 14 to hit. 14 misses. All right. Taking us to Crystal. All right, uh, I'm going to... You are currently prone. Oh, yeah. Can I get up? You have to expend half of your movement to stand up from prone. All right. Okay, so you get up. And then I use a firebolt on this one. Okay, go ahead and roll the attack. Twenty-four. Hey guys, she hit something. Go ahead and roll damage. Her dad would be so proud. <laughs> would be. If only we hadn't lifted that mining cart. 16 damage. So as you send your firebolt forward, it impacts the center mass of vines and you watch as the fire spreads out, incinerating all of the vines as it spiderwebs out into a pile of ash. Anything else for your turn? That'll be it. All right, taking us to Moss. Okay. Moss is just going to move up five feet to here. And this little guy right here, he's going to bite at him twice. Okay. Now, the first one is in 25. That's a hit. The second one is a 19. Both hit. Unroll damage. Okay. The first one is going to be five piercing. Okay. And the second one is going to be 12 piercing. All right. Anything else? And then the one with the moonbeam on it, I'm going to bash with my shield. Okay, go ahead and roll those hack. Uh, 
Uh, 23. That's a hit. That's going to be... Uh, 9. Flashing. Okay. So as you lunge forward and take your first couple bites out of the first evil rooster in front of you, you realize why Kata immediately spat it out. These creatures taste like gravel and patchouli. And as you reel back, you swing your arm outward and slam into the head of the evil rooster to your side. And as you look down at it, after feeling the impact, you realize its head is no longer there. Anything else for your turn? Uh, nope. That'll do it. Okay. Bringing us to the evil rooster. As there is only one left on the field. All right. Um, it's going to go for the smaller prey. It's going to go after you, Shat. Uh, I don't suppose a 12 hits. Here's breath away. Okay. Thoroughly surrounded. It doesn't even think it can escape right now. Moving us to Gurn. Gurn. Gurn is going to... Uh, smash the vines on the log with stick. Go ahead and smash. A six plus nine for 15 to hit. Uh, 15 is a hit, but it sounded like you just took a really satisfying shit. No, Garn was like, smash. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and roll damage. And, and then he shit. Ah. Yeah. He used the the force <laughs> to push downwards. Rolling and in damn doing damage. So, he rolled a... 12 for damage. Okay. And then he extra attacked again. Okay. For a dirty. Dirty 20 hits. And another 7, 12 to 14 damage. All right. So, Crystal, you watch as Gurn rushes forward and swings Stick down twice. And as he raises his weapon back up, you look down at the mush that was once a vine creature. Anything else for your turn, Gurn? Gurn is going to reach over and wipe his hand in the mush and underline his face with it. It has stare a down the next vine. It has a distinct smell of decay. Gurn loves that. Will that end your turn? turn? Yes. Bringing us to the remaining vine creatures. This one is going to step forward a little bit. And they are both going to reach out at Kada, being the largest prey. Um, 
One is a 17 to hit. The other is a 10. Uh, 10 misses. Okay. So the one that hits... Oh, that's just sad. Deals four points of bludgeoning damage. And she is too large to be restrained. Oh, no. No, she's not. She's grappled. She is grappled and restrained. Because it says large or smaller. Nice. That'll end their turn, taking us to Vice. Uh, fire bolt on the one due south of me. Okay. Uh, does a nine hit? A nine does not hit. Does a natural 20 hit? <laughs> Is that a yes? Why would you bring up the nine? Because <laughs> I wanted to know if that hit. <laughs> I said you're casting Firebolt, right? Uh-huh. You only get one shot with Firebolt. Nope. Multiple beams because it's a cantrip. That's what keeps it relevant. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, you're right. You're thinking of Eldritch Blast. Oh, you're right. Oops. Yeah. I missed. Yeah. I thought that that had two fucking beams. The damage no, the, just increases? The damage just increases, but it's a D10. Why so. the fuck would you ever do that? That's Range. dumb. I don't know. I'm going to shatter inside of my own mouth and choose to <laughs> fail the deck save and turn. Okay. Taking us to Celine. <laughs> um, so I'm going to move my moonbeam onto this one. Oh, okay. And roll. Oh, natural 20 on the con save. Go ahead and roll damage. Oh, fuck. Sorry. About time I rolled one. Jeez. I got 17. Alright, so for 8 points of damage... Ah. Um, and then, so, I want to go, am I, is it, so I can't go straight through, right, but I can, can go around? So you can move through dead bodies. Okay. That initial move that you were trying to pull before would have you passing through three living enemies. Now every enemy in your path is dead. And you can climb over them. Okay, so I'm gonna go... Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Before I move, I gotta figure out what my movement is. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna move... I'm gonna do my full movement then. Okay. So right here. 
Um, and then I'm going to use my tail to attack the vines. Okay. Go and roll the attack. That's a dirty 20. That's a miss. Uh oh. <laughs> Go ahead and roll damage. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> points of bludgeoning damage. Seven? Yes. Alright. Anything else for your turn? Uh, you do have another attack. And you have a living one just above you. Alright, I will... I'll attack with my tail again. Can I do that when it has Moonbeam, though? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. That's a 22. 22's a hit. And that is five points of bludgeoning damage to... One. All right. Anything else for your turn? Uh, no, that's it. All right, taking us to Kata. Okay, so Kata is going to attack the vines in front of her with her bite, and okay. the rooster boy with her tail. Fancy. Uh, the bite is a crit. God damn it! And then the tail is uh, 14 to hit. 14 also hits. Okay. So the bite will do... Twenty-three points of damage. And the tail will do... Nine points of damage. Okay. So you look forward and you see Kata take a full chomp out of this vine creature. Legs and head fall to the ground, the remainder of the body within her mouth, and she just kind of opens her mouth and just pushes it out with her tongue, because that's nasty too. (laughs) However, the evil rooster standing next to you having been slammed in the head by her tail, remains standing, but it's kind of wobbling in place as it can't be steady. And that'll end her turn? Yep. Taking us to the top of the turn order with Shatten. As this thing is wobbling in place, she's going to use her psychic dagger, and she's just going to jam it straight into its uh, chest. Okay. And I believe I have advantage. You do. And that is... Bear with me, Damon. 24 to hit. That's a hit. You don't have to roll damage. It only has one hit point left. Any 
anything else? Uh, with no other signs of... Oh, wait, nope. Yep, she's going to chuck her uh, other dagger straight at it. Okay. And 16. 16 is a hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Okay. Uh, with ally nearby, do it. Does she get sneak attack? Uh, yeah. Double check. Because we'll assume that you didn't use it on the first one, recognizing no, that it was barely standing. Yeah. And twenty points of psychic damage. Please describe for us how you kill the last standing creature in this in this battlefield. As she uh, hits the um, the evil rooster that are with her psychic knife, she spins the uh, psychic blade into her hand into a throwing position and just spins and just chucks it straight, aiming for the head of the uh, of the vine thing. And as and, the ethereal uh, dagger makes contact with the vine thing, it passes directly through. And you see the form of this vine creature just dissolve into a mass of vegetation on the ground, convulsing and letting out a, a dark green liquid into the ground. And as all of you stand here, breathing heavily, surrounded by the carcasses of a multitude of strange, otherworldly creatures on a blood-soaked battlefield. We're going to take our break. Well done, guys. So, chat, we'll be back in a few minutes as we deal with what needs to be dealt with. We'll see you in a few. And welcome back. Hope you all had a nice break. Hope you're all comfy. How's everyone doing? Good. You all enjoying your weighted dice? Yeah. I am. Dude, what what frustrates me the most is I genuinely thought that Firebolt fired two beams because Eldritch Blast actually fucking does a good job in a cantrip. And the first die I rolled was the crit, but the second die went out of the bowl. And so I re-rolled that one, but went with that one instead. Oh. I was fucking blown that dude to pieces. That is unfortunate. So this is why I firmly believe that any caster in D&D that isn't a wizard fucking sucks. Like, wizards are so much better. You can learn anything with a wizard. It's so good. You picked this. I know yeah, what I did. Why aren't you a wizard then? I know what I did. You're not a wizard, Harry. Character. <laughs> I mean, if if you want to be if you want to be like completely honest, um, a teenage wizard doesn't it, it could work, 
if you're like a fucking savant. Um, but also, sorcerer makes a lot more fucking sense if you want to be a changeling. And that's that's what I want. I didn't give a fuck about my class. I wanted I wanted the changeling race. <laughs> this whole fight Zen is like I, I'm playing for the RP. Yeah, hundred percent. That's why. That's why I burnt a fourth level spell slot on a utility spell. Like, well, like uh, or I guess technically, tidal wave is a damage spell, but it's not a good one. It's more like a mass uh CC spell than a damage spell. Like, doing four D eight bludgeoning damage is is really cool to a massive AOE. But like one blight on a fucking creature made out of uh, organic material, plant plant based, is massive. Hey, you you get fucked. <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah. Well, just the whole thing reminded me of a uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Got ourselves a water bending and earth bending. <laughs> Life bending. <laughs> we had fire a little bit. Yep. There's no, just, just no air. Who wants to summon a tornado? <laughs> DM. Technically, I can. I just can don't have that spell. Like, together? I have a wind wall. It's just not available at the moment because I don't have it ready. Okay, yes. We'll so technically, <laughs> I could. Just can't right now. All right, we about settled. Oh yeah. All right, let's jump back in. So as you all stand here, surrounded by the carcasses of these various strange creatures, some of them bleeding out, some of them leaking, others mush and vaporized. What would you all like to do? Shatman is uh, gonna go over and just sit on this log here, exhausted. What did we just walk into? Does anyone know what these things are? Uh, slings gonna go over to the log as well and kind of I don't know shake her head at you Moss is gonna recall his javelin and stow it Gurn's gonna look at Crystal sorry Gurn make you fall it's like okay I guess still trying to get to know Earth. And with that, Gurn reaches down and rubs the ground at his feet. Uh, DM, is there a way to cancel Moonbeam while I'm still in my wild shape or no? Yeah, it's a concentration spell. You just let go of the concentration. 
All right, then I'm just gonna I'm gonna do that. Then I'm gonna let go of the concentration because I don't need it anymore. Okay. Gern makes his way over to where the party is, the majority. Crystal is also going to move over to everyone else. Shatton is going to uh, make her way up and around to hide behind some of the uh, logs to try to uh, look at the corpse of that uh, dead rooster. Okay. So you're looking down at a strange bird-like creature. Muscular in stature, its feathers appear like a stone gray. A vicious beak on it as this creature bleeds out on the floor. And you see a strange dark green liquid just kind of leaking out from within its mouth. He's going to uh, use one of her real daggers and cut off one of its legs. Okay. And she's going to uh, uh, stealthily and sneakily sneak one of them into into one of her pockets. Creature is the size of you. Oh. You are cutting off one of its legs and sticking it in your pocket. <clears throat> okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> kind of lost the, the, the perspective of the size. Okay, no, she's not hiding it in her pocket. She okay. is going to uh, try to sneak a bite out of it, though. Don't really. Is anyone actively watching Shatton in this moment? Uh, yes. When she started walking away, um, Celine was watching her intently to make sure she wasn't gonna run off. Crystal is watching for entertainment. Okay. Celine and Crystal roll perception. Chat and roll sleight of hand. Uh, crit. For a total love. Because you know Shatton's gonna have some insane rolls. Oh, I know, I know. I got a 28. 17. You both watch as Shatton walks over to this creature and in an attempt to be nonchalant, takes out a dagger, slices off a section of its its thigh and like turns around and looks like she's nibbling at it. Um, Celine's is her back to me, or or is she facing me? I'm assuming that she's her back's to me, right? Yeah. Can I like sneak over? Potentially. You are huge, and it would cause you. You could try. <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Actually, I do. Um, 
Well, I still didn't get much. I got a six. So. Chat, and you hear her yeah. coming. She, uh, she's going to lower the, the, the drumstick and just get guilty expression looking straight at uh, Celine. Sneaking up on me is not a good idea. If my cat form can give you a questionable look, she'd be giving you one right now. <laughs> Just tilt the head. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, looking at you, like, sideways. Maybe ears turned a little bit. Like, giving you, like, this kind of, like, what are you, what are you doing look? <laughs> so it's gonna walk over to here. <sighs> um, like, chat? Is on my right. Am I... Uh, yeah, I'm, like, right there. Because... Yeah. She's now hold, she's now holding the uh, drumstick like a club. Shatten, did you like try to like eat that? No. What the fuck? I like saw you. I was just making certain what kind of animal it was. You can tell by its smell. Oh, so do you like know what type of like animal it is? Edible. Is it really? <laughs> yes. Just, just like a deer in the headlights. Just. So I'm like, can you like eat more of it? If yes. it's like edible, you you could eat more. <laughs> She's gonna go take a bite out of it. I'm gonna watch <laughs> the expression of Shatten. <laughs> if no one stops her, she will. I I'm not stopping her. <laughs> okay, she takes a bite. Make a constitution saving throw. That's a 17. Okay. As you take another bite out of this strange drumstick, you feel that pulse once again throughout your body. But the pulse from your scar is once again stronger and forces it back out. As you're chewing on this, it's like eating gravel. It tastes of salt and iron. It's a little dry. I wouldn't recommend it. She puts the leg down. Does Shatten make any, like, disgusted faces while eating it, though? She's gonna hold her composure. Just for the sake of her pride. Alright. Selene's <laughs> gonna kinda shake her head and then walk over to, like where Moss is and wait for everyone else to figure out where we're all going. DM, is it still shimmering ahead of us? No, the shimmer's gone. And you no longer hear the whispers on the wind. Well, I guess we just keep moving. I don't really know what else 
else to do. I think it's best to leave the area before something else shows up. Start walking down the path. Okay. I will follow. Crystal is also following. So as you all leave behind the battlefield, a pile of carcasses left behind. You continue along your journey. The remainder of your day goes by without issue. You continue traveling. And you feel as though you may be reaching the outer edge of the forest as the tree line begins to thin out. And you see ahead of you mostly grassy plain, the occasional tree sticking up through it. And to your north, the vast open waterscape that is the Glacius Lake. As your day begins to draw to a close, Moss, you remember telling Shatten and Gurn that perhaps you should try to set up camp a little bit earlier tonight in an attempt to contain Shatten. Kind of look up at the sky and we should probably find a place to camp. <clears throat> Gurn, we'll look. I'll Gern's help. going to help check perimeter, see if there's any good spots to set up some tents. Me and Celine are going to go opposite sides and circle around. Try and find the best spot. So we should both roll. Celine, at this point, your wild shape will have ended. I kind of figured I was going to ask about that. Yeah, it only lasts for seven hours. Okay. And at this point in the day, it will have been expended. Okay. And that's... So yes, the both of you should roll survival checks. Okay, survival. Gurn got 11. Okay. 24. So Gurn, as you're looking around with your newfound fascination with earth and rock, you seem to be almost entirely focused on trying to find like a rocky outcropping that you would, you know, surround a nice campsite and whatnot. But you're just a little too focused on this until you hear Celine call out from the opposite direction, saying that she seems to have found a nice grove surrounded by the last bits of trees that would serve as a better campsite. Gurn bounds through the forest at the beckoning call of Celine and gets there. And he nods in approval, looking around. Guys, Celine found one. He's going to yell to wherever the party is. As the sunlight continues to dwindle, you believe that you've got at least a couple of hours before the sun drops below the horizon. You feel that this should be enough time 
to help you prepare for what may come with this night. Reference to gonna be tying you up. Uh oh she just points to a tree over here. Like there I guess. Alright, come on. Moss. May I make a suggestion before doing so? What if I take Shatten on one last hunt before you tie her up? At some time. So we can gather some food for dinner and such. And I can have her help me. And then when we get back, you can tie her up. Make sure she's back in time do we really we think it's a long. good idea do we really think it's a good idea to let the bloodthirsty rabbit go hunting I'm not bloodthirsty shut up you I'm like not if you're yet, so concerned you can come with me I don't want it to be my funeral I'm okay with it being yours and hers we're not gonna go very far oh even better and Vice is going to retire to a tent. <laughs> Alright, so Celine and Shatten, you're going hunting? Yep. Yes. Alright, the both of you, or one of you, uh, both of you roll survival, or one of you at advantage? Uh, I'll let her roll. At advantage? At advantage. Okay. I got a 10. At advantage? Yeah, because my first was a 3 and my second was a 4. Ouch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, not, not very fun. I'm a little distracted. That's fine. Shatten is also somewhat Shatten is also somewhat distracted. As you've taken her out to hunt before the sun drops below the horizon, you do find that it is a little bit difficult to find significant game. But you find that Shatten is consistently jumping off into trees to catch random things like squirrels and chipmunks and birds. And she's eating them as she catches them, tearing them apart. Her snout is getting covered in blood, fur, feathers, and the occasional small toe bone. Eventually, you do find a small group of rabbits. And you hesitate as to whether or not this is an appropriate kill for this evening's hunt. How many are there? 
there are two adults and six adolescent. I'll catch three. <laughs> if I can, do I need to roll anything for that? No, I'll give you the three with your ten for survival. A ten's a solid, you know, middle ground, so if you want to catch three of these rabbits... I figured three would be what would make most sense, because I feel like trying to catch all six would be a higher roll. So. Yes, yes. You, you jump in, you catch the three, the remaining... <sighs> The remaining three managed, or three or whatever, however many I said, managed to bound off before you managed to catch them. Shatton's going to try to go after the, the survivors. No. <laughs> with that survival yeah. roll, you're too distracted. And you can't keep okay. up with them. Fair enough. Because you handed off your survival roll. I did. All right, Shatton, it's about time to get back. As you two are returning, because of that survival roll, it took you a little bit longer than you had anticipated from this hunting trip. And you feel you've got another 20 minutes before you get back to camp, and the sun is getting very close to that horizon. Everybody else at the camp, you know that Selene and Shatton had taken off to go hunting. Moss, you had told them not to take too long. And yet, as the sky grows darker and darker, you're beginning to get worried that they haven't returned yet. I'll kind of go out towards the direction they left camp and see if I can't find them. Okay. Roll perception or survival. Garen's going to be helping him. And roll to advantage. While they're doing that, can I do something? What do you want to do? Can I cast Entangled on Shatten so that she doesn't run off? As a way to kind of keep her, like, near me? No. No? Okay. No, absolutely you can. But Entangled locks her in one place. It, it doesn't move with you. Oh. It locks well. her to the ground. Okay, I wasn't sure how that works. Yeah. All right, never mind. <clears throat> That's going to be a 19. Okay. For perception. So, Celine, as you guys are getting back and you realize that by the time you get back to camp, it's going to be 20 minutes past sundown. You're getting, you're trying to get closer to the camp until eventually you see the large round silhouette of moss walking in your direction, having followed your trail. At this point, you are about 10 minutes away from sundown. Okay. Patton's gonna wave. <laughs> Big smile uh, on her face. Flane's right. gonna be exhausted and looking exhausted at this point. It's about that time, chat. Okay. Take the rope and bind Shatten's wrists, and then 
take away her actual daggers and rapier. Okay. And then hold the other end of the rope. <laughs> okay. With Shatten on a lead and Celine carrying three dead rabbits, the four of you eventually make your way back to camp. Uh, when I get back to camp, I'm going to sit by the fire and start skinning the rabbits and then starting to cook them. Okay. While, while they're cooking, I'm going to be um, <clears throat> cleaning the fur and kind of like, I can't think of the word for it right now. But you're, you're cleaning the rabbits. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's but I want I want to keep the fur though. Though yes, like I want to turn the fur into something else. The phrase is cleaning. Okay, you're removing the fur. You're pulling the edible meat. You're removing the bones. It's the full prep work on a on a kill. You're cleaning it. Okay. All right, I'm gonna walk Shad over to the tree. Tie the rope to the tree. Fasten that okay. there. Just kind of sit down with her. Thanks to your mariner's background, it's not difficult for you to tie a very, very sturdy knot. Just now we just wait. Have any idea, like, what sets it off, chat, or is it just the nighttime? Me, I just get hungry. Make sure and get you some food here in a little bit. I've eaten. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good then. Gurn, Vice Crystal, what are you guys up to? Crystal has been uh, sitting on the log, uh, hanging out, maybe playing a bit on her violin while uh, waiting for the others to get back from hunting, and uh, now just watching Celine clean the rabbits. Gurn is tired. He is just kind of sitting around in a in a little bit of a daze. Um, he actually walks a little ways away from the fire because he's getting pretty warm. He just sits down here and he goes into the thrumming meditation that he was doing and he places both of his hands onto the onto the earth and he's just sitting there with his eyes closed Vice what are you up to Vice retired for the night just went to bed yeah Um, after cleaning the rabbits and cooking up the meat, I'm going to offer a piece to 
Crystal. Crystal accepts. I'm like, um, thank you. You're welcome. I didn't catch much. I was mostly focused on chat and then while watching her eat everything in sight. So, not very uh, much. <laughs> so it's like um, one-sided hunting. Yes. A little bit. Um, and then I'm going to get up and go offer a piece to Moss. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, does Moss, does Kata eat Fort Maribet? Uh, I don't know. I'll speak into Kata's head and just be like, do you uh, want some of the food that we cooked? Kata... Kata kind of sits up. And she looks over at the rabbits that Selene has cleaned. She just kind of looks at you. I wouldn't want to take from others' meals. There is not much here. Uh, okay. I appreciate that. Uh, I have somebody, uh... Keep an eye on Shatton and go fishing in the morning. I appreciate that. Kata just kind of nods and lies down next to the fire, listening to it crackle. Uh, she said that, uh, she wait till the morning and I'll go fishing for her. Okay. Um... I'm going to go rest for a while, but when you get tired, wake me up, and then I'll take over. Yes. And then with that, um, Slane will go return to one of the tents as well to go rest. Okay. And Crystal? Um, after eating, she's probably just gonna go rest, too. Garn, you're sleeping in the dirt tonight? Yeah. Um, I would say at this point, Garn's pretty much tranced himself. And he's just sitting there. And... After about another 20-30 minutes or so, he's going to fall back and just sleep where he sits. Okay. It's a very warm, clear summer night. It is very comfortable. Especially for a, for a man from an icy mountain. Alright, so Moss, you're staying up for first watch. Keep an eye on Shatton. Yep. Okay. Go ahead and roll perception for your watch. Eight. Okay. Did you roll a disadvantage? I did not. One, that is a good one thing point. we've been forgetting is that both Gurn and Moss were exhausted on this day. 
Nice. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So after finally getting to sit down, settling into camp, confident that you've tied Shatton securely to the tree, you take a large breath, a sigh of relief, and the exhaustion just washes over you, and your focus is almost entirely on Shatton. As the sun drops below the horizon, the sky shifts into a deeper and deeper twilight and then begins to lighten as the moon rises over the mountain range. Shatton, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Add advantage because Celine tried to help satiate your need to hunt. And you get a plus two because you're within 10 feet of me and I have the aura of protection. Okay, so essentially a plus five at advantage, 23. Okay. As the moon rises, the silvery beams pierce through the canopy of the remaining trees around you. And as they hit the side of your face, you weren't looking at first, but you can almost feel the beams of light on your face. You open your eyes, you look up at the moon shining brightly reflects in your eyes and for a moment you feel the strongest urge to hunt but then you glance over at your friend Moss who for this moment happens to be drawing circles in the dirt with his claws and you just think back at how good of a friend he is to you how protective he has been of your well-being and how even though you are currently restrained by perfect sailor's knots, you understand that this is for the best. He's going to curl up into the roots, uh, between the roots of the uh, tree and just uh, go to sleep. Moss, the remainder of your night remains very quiet. You hear Gurn faintly snoring in the distance on the opposite side of the camp. You hear nothing from the tents. You look over at Kada, and she seems to be nestled very closely to the edge of the fire, just trying to absorb whatever warmth can be taken from it. And you look over at Shatten, and she seems to have, to the best of her ability, nestled into the roots at the base of this tree, her hands tied behind her back. Her ears droop down, and she genuinely seems to have fallen asleep. Is there anything you would like to do during your watch? No, not really. I'm just going to be keeping an eye on Shad and making sure. Okay. Thankfully, comes... due to the thinned out trees in this area, it is easier to keep an eye out for predators as it is not difficult to peer through the trees and with the bright moonlight around you, you do not find yourself straining to see very far. The remainder of your watch goes without issue. Looking around, Moss will walk over and wake up Gurn. 
Mas. Gurn finally opens his eyes while he's still laying down and looks up at you. Think you could take sec second watch so I can get some sleep, and Celine will take over. And another big stretch. <laughs> Gurn rolls over, <clears throat> pushes himself up. Okay. And gets up. Grab stick from the ground where he was laying. The um, dirt is nice. Try. And then walks over towards the fire. Moss will walk back over to where he was and pop inside a shell. Okay. Gurn, if you can roll perception for your watch at disadvantage. You have not technically completed a long rest and therefore still carry the point of exhaustion. And that is still a 17. 17 is very nice. As you sit here in the middle of the night, bathed in silver moonlight and the orange crackle of the fire in front of you, you look around at this incredibly quiet and peaceful nightscape. Every once in a while looking over at Shatten to make sure that she is still bound. And she is indeed bound and fast asleep. As you sit here in silence, the occasional flapping of wings from a large predatory bird leaving a tree, and the occasional skitter of a small nocturnal animal. The night is peaceful. And as you sit here in almost complete silence, you swear you can feel the lightest thrum from within the earth. Like a gentle heartbeat matching your own. At each pace of this beat that Gurren believes he feels, he's going to move his feet back and forth against the ground and try and just dig his toes into the earth. So with each he moves his feet. He's just feeling the earth and trying to be in tune with all of his surroundings. He's trying to be and keep as keen of an eye for, for the party as possible. But his absolution is consumed into the feeling that he's getting currently. Okay. And he is kind of hungry. So he pulls his bag out and goes to get some rations and notices some potatoes in his bag. <laughs> and he says, fuck it, and starts eating the potatoes raw. Hey, and man. he very, very much enjoys that earthy flavor. I was going to say, a vegetable of the earth. That's very gurn. 
Celine. You awaken at one point during the middle of the night, come back to consciousness from your meditation, and you can just hear from outside your tent across the campsite the loud crunch of something hard and raw being eaten. Um, I'm going to quietly get up to not wake Crystal and kind of just... Well, when I, I'm going to step out and kind of look around to figure out where the noise is coming from first. With your extreme dark vision, you look across the campsite and you see Gurn sitting on a log, munching into something. Rubbing his feet back and forth on, <laughs> on the Earth's surface. I'm going to make my way over and sit on the log. Hi, Gern. Gern turns and looks at you. What you eating? Holds out a half-eaten potato for you. Oh, a potato. <clears throat> good. I bet it is. I'm good, though. Um... I did leave some rabbit for you, because I saw that you were sleeping earlier, if you're still hungry. Mm. Gurn looks over at Shatten. <laughs> Furry Hop let you get rabbit. Uh, she was a little preoccupied eating squirrels and other small things. Anything she can get her hands on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where? Gurn wants him. Uh, I had left it kind of near the fire. But, like, not, like, in the fire, I guess. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna hand it to Gurn. Gurn will eat his portion of rabbit along with his potato. See, now you have a well-balanced meal. There you, there you go. Thanks, Slane. You're welcome. I can take over if you want to go get some rest. <clears throat> Gurn, do need some? What? Where do all those come from? What? The bird and tree ground oh, thing. The, the creatures that we killed? <clears throat> I have no idea. I have never seen anything like that before. We didn't see on first time. We Maybe walk eventually. right through. Oh, sorry. No, we. You. Gurn points at you and just to talk. Um, I was just gonna say maybe eventually we can figure out where they came from and figure out why they attacked us. 
could be like, um, big deer. That's what I was wondering. Okay. Hmm. Night. Good night, Gern. Gern walks by and almost steps on Kata's tail. Oops. And makes his way into the tent. How how asleep is Vice right now? Can you see in the dark? Yeah. He's not. Vice went to sleep like three hours before anyone else did. So he's probably awake at this point. Gurn walks in and looks over at you. Vice. Yes, Gurn. Why you no sleep? So I already slept. It's still dark. And I went to bed when it was light. Gurn goes over here into his respective corner lays down okay night advice Selene has furry up <laughs> go eat him Vice is going to remain laying down, not eating Shadden. <laughs> okay. Though he does contemplate leaving the tent to see if it's a different rabbit or if we've actually just decided to roast Shadden. And either way, he'd be content with the, with the results. <laughs> so, Celine. As you are left alone within the campsite, everyone around you, you do hear Gurn speaking within the tent, but you do not hear Vice's responses. As you sit by the fire, casually chewing on a piece of rabbit, please roll a perception check for your watch. I got a 19. Okay. Would you like to do anything during your watch? Um, I... I'll just be simply walking around the campsite. Um... And then just keeping an eye on Shatton. Every one time I walk by as well. Okay. And that's really all I'm gonna do. Shatton? Hmm? I need to roll a sleight of hand at disadvantage. Uh, that is... Nineteen. Selene, as you 
As the night progresses on, you watch the moon pass over. Silvery light changes angles throughout the night. Vice, do you ever leave the tent? Or do you just lay there in silence, staring out into the darkness? Yeah, mostly just laying there, staring out into the darkness. Sad. So, Celine, in your... Yeah, very, very much so. As you walk around the campsite, keeping an eye out, and every once in a while you walk by Shatton to make sure that she remains tied up. As the night progresses, and you begin to hear birds chirping as the sky begins to shift into a lighter, grayish blue, the night is beginning to come to an end as dawn is about to break. You happen to look over at Shatton, you see her awake, and you can see her shoulders moving around as she appears to be shifting around in her spot. I'm going to walk over to her, but keeping my distance. What's going on, Shatton? <laughs> Just waking up, trying to stretch. The moon's still up, right? Yeah. No, at this point, the moon is past. Okay. Do I know if it's safe enough to untie her or not? Or should I wait for Moss to wake up? That's your own judgment call. You don't know enough about this curse to make to, to know if it's safe or not. All right. Um. Well... Once Moss wakes up, I'm sure he'll untie you. I don't want to take that chance of you running off again so soon. Fine. Do you want something to eat? Yes, please. Well, unfortunately, the only thing I have is rabbit. But I can give you some of my rations if you don't want that. That'll be fine. Alright. I will make my way over to the fire to give her the remaining bits of rabbit and kind of like carefully feed her. She's going to reach up with her hands to take the uh, take the food from you. Well, your, your hands are tied behind your back, so I'm kind of like <laughs> putting it in your mouth. Were they tied behind the back? I thought they were tied up in the front. They were tied what? behind your back. Okay. Ah. <laughs> so I said I'm cautiously feeding you. <laughs> so you don't bite me. She'll eat the food. Okay. Um, after doing that, I'm just going to kind of sit by the fire and then peering glances at Chatton every once in a while but at this point I'm just waiting for everybody else to kind of slowly wake up it doesn't take very long as the sun continues to rise and the day begins to begins to warm up you see the 
the mist rising off of the foliage from the canopy as the morning dew and fog lift into the air. You allow the fire to die down a bit. And uh, morning has risen, and you have all achieved a long rest. Moss and Gurn, you may remove your points of exhaustion. Ray. <laughs> Alright. So Moss will wake up and look over at Shad and... How, how you feeling? A little tied down. <laughs> Alright. And I'll uh, start undoing the ropes. When she gets free, she's going to give it one big exaggerated stretch. And then proceeds to give a, sl a small jog around the uh, the camp. <laughs> she did not like being tied to one spot. What's everybody else doing? I'm kind of just watching Shat and run around, making sure she doesn't go anywhere else. <laughs> That's what I'm basically doing. <laughs> Crystal is going to come out of the tent and go over to where uh, Selena is sitting. Morning, Crystal. I'm like, morning. You're going to kind of notice that Selene's a little distracted. Her head's turning in every which way as she watches Shat and run around. <laughs> So she's kind of like saying good morning while like fucking <laughs> around Crystal the world. Just glance over the direction of Shad running and just nod. Morning. Um, morning. M morning, Shad. Vice, you up? Still awake, good. <clears throat> Did you move? <laughs> Does it look like I moved? Mm, no. Probably didn't move. Why? Why? <clears throat> Why would I move? Because... You're alive. With that, Gurn reaches down and picks you up. If I'm alive, then I can move on my own. Probably don't need to be picked up. But thank you. <clears throat> That's what Gurn here for. <laughs> Gurn walks out of the tent. Vice contemplates laying back down. <laughs> I'm also walk over to the fire. I'm gonna go fishing. Uh, wanna come with me, Gurn? <clears throat> Gurn could try. Can. Okay. 
perhaps taking Shatten wouldn't be a bad idea, so she can burn a little energy as well. Yeah. If you want. Come with me if you want, Shat. Hurry up. Gurn taps his shoulder like this. Yes? No. I'm gonna look between Gurn and Shatten and then turn to Shatten. Uh, I think he says that he wants you on his shoulder. I wanna get stretch my legs a bit. Hey, don't go too far. She's gonna go along with Moss to the fishing. Alright. So Moss will lead the way to the lake. Alright, so the three of you walk off, heading towards the shoreline to do a bit of morning, early morning fishing. Moss, go ahead and roll survival. Okay. Gurn, are you trying your hand at fishing? Gurn is going to try his hand at fishing. How's Gurn going to go about doing so? With his bare hands. <laughs> Sorry. Um, javelin. Okay. He's going to try and spearfish these things. Moss, what was your roll? Dirty 20. Okay. Gurn, go ahead and roll survival. Nineteen. Okay. Moss, you managed to catch six decent-sized fish. Gurn, you managed to spear three. But one of them was being reeled in by Moss. As Gurn picks the fish out of the water on the end of his spear, he's going to yank it from Moss and go, Mine! It's all yours, buddy. Gurn is fisher man. Since we're up. What kind Since of fish did he catch? Sorry. What's that? What kind of fish did he catch? The equivalent of smallmouth. Huh. I didn't realize you had level 35 fishing gear. Oh, uh, yeah. Spear fishing at that. I feel like that's a reference I don't understand. to swim, do you? Gurn's trying to think back to swimming and he just remembers drowning. And then he looks at you and he shakes his head no. Gurn, don't swim. 
burn sink. I was thinking maybe I could teach you in the shallow end of the water. Gurn nods, thinking to himself, there would be no better person to get trained by than a fucking turtle. So, let's get this swimming lesson going, dog. Uh, no idea how I'm going to do this, but... <laughs> just start by just showing you, like, the basic doggy paddle to start, like everybody starts learning. Okay. So uh, So the three of you are effectively off on this fishing trip for at minimum two hours. And at least forty five minutes of this is spent with Gurn flopping helplessly in a foot and a half of water. And repeatedly yelling, Gurn sink, Gurn sink. <laughs> Shatten probably doing pacer tests in the sand. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she's completely bored with what they're doing. She's entertaining herself. Yeah. Probably making another effigy of Forthus. In the meanwhile, as they are gone for at minimum two hours, Celine, Crystal, Vice, you are left alone in the camp. What have you been doing? Did Kata go with them? Did Moss take Kata? Yeah, Moss would have taken Kata. Because he was going fishing for her. After hearing the footsteps of Kata growing more and more distant, um, Celine and Crystal, you'll see Vice emerge from the tent, pulling his uh, bedroll and moving it about 10 to 12 feet away from the fire where he's going to lay back down on his bedroll. Just outside. And not in the tent. So now he can see. I'm going to look at Crystal, give her a confused look, and then turn to Vice. What are you doing? Laying down? In daylight. Am I Did you not get enough sleep last night? <laughs> Why does it matter if it's in the daylight? I'm just curious. Are you, like, tired or something? I'm fucking exhausted. After, like, sleeping? After turning nothing into a giant fucking wall of ice and then throwing it? Yeah, I'm a little tired. That took a lot out of me, and I didn't even know I could do that until yesterday. So yeah, 
little tired. So, like, you're tired because it's your own fault? I'm tired because uh, two nights ago, one of our companions decided that they were going to go on a bloodthirsty rampage in the forest. Oh, so, like, it's Shad's fault that you're tired. And then we had hundreds of things attacking us on our way here. And I didn't sleep well. It sounds like you're, like, making, like, excuses. It sounds like you have a witty response to everything. Aww. Here, Crystal, look in my hands. And Vaisal hold his hands out together, cupped. Do you see what's in them? Your hands? No, there's nothing in my hands, Crystal. That's how much patience I have for your witty comments right now. And look, it's gone, and now it's back, and there's still no patience. Can't you two just get along? God, you bicker like brother and sister. I am, like, getting along. I was just saying, Vice, you went to sleep before any of us even did when it was still daylight out. So I figured you got enough sleep. I would have thought so, too. Um, after that, uh, Selene's going to get up, seeing that the fire's kind of dying down a little bit. And she's going to go find, like, sticks and stuff like that to kind of keep the fire going a little bit longer until the rest of the party returns. Okay. So, a heated debate later about a quantity of patience. And Kata, Moss, Shatten, and a very doked Gurn come tromping back to the camp. Gurn, you are dripping and irritable. <clears throat> Gurn throws his swimming trunks on the fire. Gurn, just sink! And he stands there to dry off by the flames. Is Gurn naked? I'm just gonna say, is Gurn naked right <laughs> yeah. now? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, Gurn is naked currently. <laughs> and and he threw the clothes he had in the fire. So, so they're set on fire now. His undergarments. His undergarments are on fire. <laughs> Shatten is going to look the other way and just walk out of camp. At this point, <laughs> Selene would have been like tending the fire, like not paying attention, and then all of a sudden she sees this thing getting thrown into the fire and kind of killing it a little bit. And then looks up and sees Gurn, and she's just like, Gurn! First of all, I just got that fire going. 
Second of all, where are your clothes? <laughs> and then she's gonna look away real quick. <laughs> Gern's holding his clothes in his hands. Okay. Can you put your clothes on? But Gern is wet. Gern, wait till Gern is dry. Then Gern put clothes on. And Gern sets the clothes on the ground next to the fire and just kind of like spreads his body out <laughs> to allow all of the crevices to dry. So he's just going to get up and walk away at this point. She's just like, nope. Nope. <laughs> After the throwing of the clothes, uh, Crystal got up and walked away. Yeah. <laughs> just following Shatton. Yeah, yeah, she she would have walked away. I'm like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> Following the other two. Moss will just start cleaning the fish. He grew up in an orphanage with a bunch of dudes. This isn't new to him. <laughs> Vice, do you have a reaction to the thoroughly nude Gurn glistening in the morning sunlight in front of you? I'm not looking at Gurn, I'm looking up at the sky. So unless he's <laughs> hanging dong in my face, not seeing dirt, not seeing gurn dong. <laughs> I can't see it. It can't see me. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Gurn turns his back to the fire and bends over just to dry out the cheeks. <laughs> yeah. And then he he puts his clothes on after he feels he is no longer wet. And he is bare under his loincloth. So Gurn Summer Salts are going to get a hell of a lot more fun. <laughs> Just saying. And the so, ball sack hits the chicken in the face. <laughs> what? What's that, Crystal? Will enemies take psychic damage now when he somersaults? It really depends on their uh, orientation. Um, well, understandable. Okay. As Gurn has completed self-drying his butt cheeks <laughs> and redonned his clothes, will the other party members be rejoining the, the camp? Yes. At some point, yes. Gurn is dry now! He yells out into the woods. Lane's gonna walk back over to the fire. I think the next time we come across a town or something, I'm gonna get you some clothes, Gurn. So Gern you're not walking around in nothing. Clothes. Proper clothes for Gurn? Not necessarily like anything like crazy, but at least like Maybe a shirt and some pants. Something pretty simple. 
Like... Gurn has clothes. I'm like, that's... You have a loincloth covering... It falls under a very... Barely anything. Like, definition of clothes. <laughs> Gurn turns and looks at Vice. Gurn don't want to look like him. <laughs> Gurn, you could only be so lucky as to look like me. Gurn, you don't have to look like Vice. You don't have to dress like Vice. I'm just saying, getting you something very simple because, well, we're going to... I guess a bunch of different places. And sometimes it'll be hot, sometimes it'll be cold. And I want to make sure that you're prepared for the elements and that you don't get sick. Celine, are you implying that Gurn is a simple man? Gurn, not simple. No, I'm not in. Gurn, take clothes off. It's cold. Gurn, kill more animals and put <laughs> clothes on. I'm like, that sounds. Very, like, simple. You know who would really enjoy helping you with that? A bloodthirsty rabbit. Vice is still laying on his back looking at this guy during this entire conversation. Gurn walks over to where you are and looks down at you. <laughs> He's standing at your head. God. <laughs> that makes me uncomfortable as a player. Um, especially because all I really fucking want to do right now is fourth level shatter your nuts. <laughs> and accept the repercussions of my actions. Um, Vice is going to scoot himself away and get up and walk out of camp. Because he just had Gurren Dong hung in his face. <laughs> and he's going to start heading west. Out of camp. What is Vice's current mindset? Uh, There's a lot of things going through Vice's mind right now. Uh, you're going to have to be more specific about that. If you had to summarize Vice's mood right now. How would you do so? Hmm. Angsty teen. Mm hmm. Hmm. That's, that's really interesting. Um. Determined? But also, I want to say temperamental. Like, he doesn't have time for bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Determined with purpose, then. 
You don't want to be fucking around here. Um, we'll go somewhere between uh restless and aggressive. Like he just he doesn't want to be slowing down and he's kind of annoyed by like the fact that we're not moving forward at like a determined pace because at this point he's like we have a fucking job we need to be doing it that's that's like the the attitude he's he's giving off okay and his mindset right now is like i don't know why we're not doing this thing that's like potentially the end of the universe and instead apparently we're getting swimming lessons and he's fucking drying his cheeks in the fire <laughs> Alright. So Gurn, you practically teabag vice. <laughs> <laughs> and he very sternly scoots out from under you, gets up, leaving his bedroll behind, and just starts walking off into the forest briskly and seemingly frustrated. As he does so, you all notice as the bright morning sun begins to get thinner and thinner and following in Vice's direction, darkening storm clouds seem to be growing in the sky, keeping pace with him. Mm. <clears throat> We need to get the tents. Gurn turns and look at Moss. Yep. Why is Sev all scared of Gurn's skin? Uh, most people just <clears throat> don't like to be naked around other people. Weird. And goes over to a tent and starts taking it down. <clears throat> Moss will do the other tent. And you'll, you can see some cleaned fish over by the edge of the fire that be cooked. You can see two cleaned fish and a Kata smacking her lips. Everything packed away. As you finish packing up camp, you look once more over by the campfire and see Vice's bedroll still laying on the floor. Do you think Vice want? Gurn picks up the Vice, uh, the bedroll, the Vice roll. <laughs> he picks up the vice roll. Uh, yeah, he probably does. Now, did vice walk off the direction we needed to go? Uh, yeah, vice would have walked back towards the road and then head west from there, uh, knowing that we were heading back the way we came, like initially going to Sheraton. Mm. So, 
so I, I think we'll just meet up with Vice on the road. Patton's going to run up ahead to catch up with uh, Vice. I'm going to <clears throat> um, put out the fire. And then and I'll pick up the now dried out pelts and put them in my bag. Because I had left them out on the fire to dry and whatever. Yeah. whatever. So. Crystal will grab her things to go. So you all gather up camp, gather all of your belongings, pack them up and whatnot. At least one of you manages to grab the vice roll. Shatten runs ahead in an attempt to catch up with vice, and eventually you do. Vice had continued walking in a determined fashion, and given the amount of time it would have taken you guys to break down camp, vice has a good half hour lead on the rest of you. But Shatten, you do eventually catch up with Vice. She's gonna pull out a bit of a dried meat. Breakfast? I'm fine. She shrugs. Okay. And she starts nibbling on it. Gern's going to lead the other group in route to catch up with Vice. And since we're within range of each other, we get the elk. Okay. Having been given that elk, it takes you guys a little while, but eventually the party does regroup with Vice and Shatten walking in apparent silence. Shatten consistently chewing on something. And your next day of travel continues. As you guys make your way back to the fishing village. And I believe that it would be an appropriate place to end tonight's session. That was a, a good game. Back to back combat session. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Quite a Although bit of it combat. was one long combat <laughs> across two sessions. That was, a, that was a big combat. That was a big combat. Dude, I burnt through almost all of my fucking spell slots. Dude, that would definitely make me tired. Alright. Well played, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, chat. Viewers. Thank you all for for uh, joining us. And, uh... We hope to see you next time. Uh, no promises, but I believe we are continuing our campaign next week. Same time, same place. Mm -hmm. We've got a few other things in the works, so we will keep you all posted just in case something else decides to get scheduled for next week. But in the meanwhile, thank you for joining us as we roll through the night. Good night, night folks. everyone. Bye. Bye.